It is champ week in the college ball world, and we got a lot to talk about on this week's episode of Baller Island. We got conference tournaments, NBA news, NFL signings, Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint, Danny Dimes getting the bag from the Giants, John Moran's situation in Memphis, and of course, we will make our predictions for some of the big conference tournaments that are coming up this weekend, ACC, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, we're going to talk all about that and much more leading up to Selection Sunday and March Madness next week. So keep it locked. We got a lot of sports talk coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. Welcome back to the island, folks. Jay Sahoda, Bilal Lahi. We are one week away from March Madness. So we got conference tournaments to talk about. That's always one of my favorite times of the year. I always like to say March Madness starts during champ week, not when the actual first round starts. So we've got a lot to talk about there as we've already got some tickets punched. Some of the big tournaments got underway today. We'll talk a little bit about that as well and make our predictions for who we think will win some of the big conference tournaments and as well as some of the bubble teams as well. We got big news in the NBA. We got to talk John Morant and big news in the NFL. Some signings today. Danny Dimes got paid. Lamar's future in Baltimore is in question. And Derek Carr finally has a new home. And Aaron Rodgers, we got a little bit to talk about there too. B, what's going on, my guy? We are one week away from the madness. Basketball's in full swing and a lot of stuff to talk about as per usual. My TV every single night, man. Literally, like, this is the best month of the year, hands down. You can't even fight me on this. No, I can't. I, I say it every year. My favorite, not not even my favorite, it is my favorite, but it's also the best sports events in all the sports, and that's the NCAA tournament. I, I stick by that. I don't think my opinion will ever change on that. Just it's It's just so different than anything else. I got the ACC tournament bumping in the back here, so we'll have live reaction for myself in this Notre Dame-Virginia Tech game. As most people who know me by now know, one of my favorite coaches is Mike Bray, and this is last season is Notre Dame. So tonight may very well be the end, or does it extend one more night till tomorrow? They're currently knotted at 42 in the second half. We'll keep updated in that. Um, but I think we got to start in the NBA, my guy, because mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, there's not a ton to talk about, but there's one significant piece of news that's just, really has shooken or shaken up the Western Conference rather. Um and that's John Morant, who's been suspended indefinitely um after a video went viral of him with a gun. And that's a whole been a whole thing. And it's just I got my thoughts on it. I know you got it. So I I'll let you go first here because this this just sucks. Like that that's just my initial thoughts on it. If I'm a Memphis fan man, I'm like are you are you kidding me right now? Like this is you're in second place. I've been talking about it all year. We've been talking about it all year. How Memphis, you know, they need to take steps, and this year they're taking a big step, and they're trying to make a conference final and build off of what they did last year. And this is like, this is they're not even close to what they needed, man. This is the worst case scenario, if not worse than what the worst case scenario would have been. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts, man, on on this situation for Memphis. I got so I'm like all over the place on this. So like, um, I mean we we know are we t- we know all the stories, right? We're talking like about a month back. You heard about the laser pointer thing, um, with that Pacers. Um, no, I did not. Oh my goodness! So this stretches, man. I mean, like a month ago, we're talking. There's a point like, yo, he got into a beef with one of the Pacers security guards, and then that security guard was driving home and there was like a red dot pointed at him, like, like a laser from a gun basically. And that was supposedly John Moran's boys in that car and job maybe, or maybe wasn't in the car. Still it's around his name. That's not a good look. Then there's the 17 year old thing. You heard about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, when he got his whole group of nine guys after the nine 17 year old, because his mom, whatever, something happened at the store. And then the third one is the gun on IG. And it's like, bro, like, it's just like the most. It's like, it's like, what is like, why? Like, why are you trying to act like this? This is like kind of been like the Grizzlies like thing, like talking all this trash, acting way tougher they are on the court. And now it's kind of like stretching off the court because this 
he's not like this where to the point where he's showing all this like you know off court issues like I had no idea I never think that he would be this kind of guy so it really feels like he's trying to like derail his own career um and then my point was I remember during the trade deadline I was we were saying yo Memphis needs an adult in the room mm-hmm. and I was I was very vouching for Mike Conley to come back to Memphis and Mike Conley yo sit this dude down and it wasn't even like we had no idea any of this off court stuff at that time. It was just like how to be a pro at that point. Because even then, Memphis, you know, Dylan Brooks was talking so much trash. All those guys were just there was so much extra noise other than basketball. And it was just like, yo, stay the course. We haven't done anything yet. We got to win before we can talk. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Adams is really the only adult in that locker room. I was and just then about I hear, to say that. I hear yesterday that Stephen Adams held a players only meeting from the other two instances that Ja did and basically called out Ja saying, yeah, you got to stop this. That same night, Ja goes to the club and does the IG with a gun. That is that when I saw that yesterday, it blew my mind because you had the players only meeting. It was addressed. Cedarman Adams is probably one of the most respected dudes in the league. Mm -hmm. And then you still go out that same night and you still flash a gun. And now he's taking, you know, a mental health break or whatever. I don't buy any of that. That's just his guys telling him, yo, we need a break. Or it's Adam Silver saying, yo, here's your suspension. It's under the table. We don't got to say it. But this is ridiculous. I can't believe there's, he's just shooting himself in the foot like this. It's like, I don't even know really where to start. Cause it's like, it's so out of nowhere. And like you said, it's just one of those things where like it's, it's out of character. It kind of reminds me of how I felt or how you and I felt about Deshaun Watson before his off-field issues, right? Where, like, we looked at him as one of the next great quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Like, he was just, he was talented, fun to watch, great athlete, great player, and we thought of him as this, as this leader, right? Now you look at John Morant, and we kind of thought the same thing, right? This young, up-and-coming leader, fun to watch, excellent player, you know, one of the best young and up-and-coming players in the game, playing for a team that doesn't really know much about what postseason success is, and that's Memphis Grizzlies. Deshaun Watson, kind of the same thing, playing for a team like the Houston Texans, who doesn't really know what, right? Both were kind of that icon for their city, and we saw Deshaun kind of derail it for himself, and now we're seeing Jock for himself i'm not i'm not trying to like compare the two saying job like i'm not trying to do that but like the situations it makes me like the way i feel about the job situation is kind of how i felt about deshaun it's like where i thought this guy was one thing and then he's another you know what i'm saying and it's like it it sucks and if i'm a grizzlies fan i'm i'm sick to my stomach man because i'm like this dude was gonna put us on the map he was gonna put the memphis grizzlies on the map the memphis grizzlies were not relevant for last season, they've been relevant, but you made a really good point. How you're like the Grizzlies have this like this immatureness about them, where like last year you really saw it in that Timberwolves where they think that they're tough and they talk a lot of shit and they think they think they're better than what they actually are. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. They think that like they've done what Golden State has done, but they haven't. They haven't done any of that. In fact, that happened. That actually happened where they went and the Golden State started talking that shit. And they're like, you're acting like you've won all these rings. Like, we've won the rings. Mm-hmm. And now, Ja goes out and does and does this. And it's like, where does Memphis go from here? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're in second place in the West. You got the playoffs a month away. And now all this crap happens. The Memphis Grizzlies are, are done. They're toast. Like, they're, without him... Well, I know we talked about it earlier, too, of how without Jaw, the Grizzlies are actually decent and blah, blah, blah. This year, they haven't been as good as last year as they were with him. But that's not the point. Now, it's any time you talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, you're talking about the John Morant situation. You're not talking about basketball anymore. It just takes off of all of the discussion on what you've built is now not on what you've built. You know what I'm saying? It sucks. It's a, it's a brutal situation for Memphis. It's a brutal situation for Job. But at the end of the day, I think you said it best. It's the dude's social circle, and that's got to change. But that's up to him and Memphis and whatever they want to do. Like, what comes next? Do they trade him? Do they cut him? 
like just leave him suspended. Memphis as an organization has a lot to think about in this situation. That sucks because what they were supposed to be thinking about is playing in a Western Conference final in late May. You know what I'm saying? And instead they're talking about our future of the franchise is now suspended with off-court issues. Brutal. Brutal uh, blow. Yeah, there's two There's two more things I got here. I mean, like, okay, the one is um, Jalen Rose said this, and Jalen Rose probably knows this better than anybody, mm. where he's like, you know, when, when guys get famously caught up in the wrong crowd trying to be something they're not, but then he's like, yo, you're the leader of the crowd whichever way. You pick the guys you want around you, right? And, like, sometimes it can happen where – you're famous and everybody's coming to you and then you get kind of going that way. But instead it's like, you're the one with the fame, the money, whatever you should be setting this, setting everybody else straight instead of following their activity. So it's regardless of if it's his boys, if it's him, it still comes down to his choice. Right. Mm. And then the second thing is, I mean, I've had an Adam Silver take for a long time. Um, and this is just part of it because I think Adam Silver has been straight up garbage, like straight up garbage the last couple of years. He hasn't, I feel like he has not been existing. Like where, what has he done? But this is a case where here, David Stern is like, no, none of this shit. He's getting a 50 game suspension. He's done for the rest of the year. Knock it off. And you're not playing in my league again. Like you got to protect the face of the league. Um, and that's something David Stern would do. And Adam Silver's like, to to push over with this he's like oh let memphis handle it so memphis can suspend him two games whatever here because i'm thinking yo when gilbert arenas did this shit under david stern's watch boom david gilbert arenas is gone like he's Mm. done his career is done after that um and i remember there was one story i was caught up with yesterday um there was a brawl in a in a nuggets knicks game and and mellow threw a punch and then david stern's like yo mellow and this is when he's on the Nuggets. One of the best young stars in the league, leading scorer at this point. He's like, yo, you, you knock this shit off or you're out my league. I know, and you stop hanging around, out there with those dudes because I know who you're hanging out with. I know when you're hanging out with them. I know where you're hanging out. I know where you are. You can't fool me. Stop hanging out with these dudes or you're out my league. And like, it's like, you can say what you want about David Stern, bro, but that dude, knew what to do with the league in a point where like to save the face of the league and Jaws such a marketable dude. All the young kids are doing the gritty, all this nonsense. He's got his own shoe with Nike. He's so marketable. You can't, you can't do this shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's a good take. Honestly. Um, I know you feel a lot more strongly about the Adam Silver being commissioner more than I have about that. But I mean, you have a point, you most definitely have a point with that, but that's my thing, right? Is it's like a two game suspension. I think is a, is a, is a joke, downright a joke for for what the situation holds. Like he should be suspended way more than that, if not for the remainder of the regular season. If I'm being honest with you, but you know that's that's up to to Adam Silver to kind of pull pull down that dagger. You know, or Memphis really should put down that dagger. Like Memphis should. Like, do you really think Stephen Adams wants to see John Morant come back in the building? Probably not. But do you think anyone else? Has that level of respect for John Morant now? Probably not. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, where where does Memphis go from here? And that sucks because, like I said, this was an, an ascending team that is now descending. You know what I'm saying? Or declining, rather, because of some stupid stuff that happened off the court. Sucks. Honestly, I, I really don't know what else to say, man. It's just it's, it's a brutal blow to Memphis and... We'll have to see what happens down the stretch here, but I can't imagine Memphis stays where they are. I think they'll still make the playoffs, but like it's not going to be a long I stay mean, for them. Forget about this year. It's it's all it's like super long term. It's like yo, if he had, like he's already done three things. If he does one more thing, I don't care. He's taking his break to reset his mind to figure out his stuff out. But even if two years down the line he does one thing, his career's cooked. Like you know what I'm saying? He's got mm-hmm. thin ice. He has no more leeway. So this season, I'm already calling a wash. It's like, yo, could his career be a wash now? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. With, with what you're dealing with right now, this is not a joke, man. This is not a joke. This is serious stuff. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. It's a really tough situation going on there in Memphis. But we'll see We'll see what happens down the stretch for the Grizzlies. But just brutal, brutal stuff. Um, let's turn over to the NFL for a little bit here. Some big news today. Um 
a lot of stuff happened today before free agency starts next week, starting with Aaron Rodgers meeting with the Jets. Is that actually going to become a thing? And is Rodgers actually going to leave Green Bay? We'll talk that. Is Lamar going to leave Baltimore? The Ravens tagged him with a non-nego—I think it was non-negotiating franchise tag, which means other teams can offer Lamar a contract, and the Ravens would then have the option to offer them um, either more money or less or let him walk. So that's I think, is kind of interesting there. We'll talk about that in a second. Danny Dimes gets the bag. This dude got paid. Four-year deal worth 160 mil. Saquon got the franchise tag for the Giants. And then our boy Derek Carr is a New Orleans Saint. Where do you want to start? Derek Carr, 100%. That's the only thing that's actually happened um, in my eyes. Anything else, I mean... Flipped out till it actually happens. But Derek Carr, man, and I, I thought this the second it happened, I was like, yo, this team is 100% going to make me look stupid all year. All year it's going to make me look stupid. I was super high on the Saints. I'm always super high on the Raiders for some reason. Now you put the Raiders quarterback on the Saints. <sighs> I'm going to be super high on them. They're going to win eight games and make me look like a dummy. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I've, I've been kind of the same again. I'm, I'm curious to see what, Tampa or Carolina does a quarterback. I got a feeling Atlanta's going to stick with Desmond Ryder, but I'm curious to see what Carolina, if they take the bait on whoever else is still available at quarterback, or does Tampa take the bait on someone at quarterback? Um, so that'll be interesting. I think Tampa could end up maybe going for someone like Jimmy G potentially, or whoever else is on the block. So it'll be interesting to see who else, but at the moment, Yes, I would take Derek Carr and the Saints to win the NFC South. I would. I think Derek Carr is a great fit there. But like I, but like you just said, I could also see them going nine and eight next season and being an underachiever. So it really kind of depends what happens. But I think if all everything if everything goes to plan and Michael Thomas stays healthy, which that hasn't happened in a few years, no. Alvin Kamara stays healthy and his off field issues stay okay, they also have a disastrous salary cap situation. The defense is not going to stick around together for as long as they are. So, and then on top of that, do we really trust Dennis Allen? Like, I didn't really love what I saw out of him last year, especially with the quarterback situation there. Like, Jameis getting benched for no reason made still makes no sense to me. Um, we'll see where maybe he goes somewhere. So, I don't know where that goes. But uh, on paper, I like Derek Carr in New Orleans, but we'll have to see how it actually pans out. But I do like it, and I honestly hope that the Saints are able to become a playoff team again uh, dude it's like the same conversation we've been having it's like yo on paper on paper on paper he got to show it he got to show it Derek Carr was terrible last year Michael Thomas did absolutely nothing last year Kamara did nothing last year Callaway did nothing last year the only bright spot in that whole Saints was Olave um true and he's he's pretty solid but coaching nothing for me last year Defense, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, everybody going to have a bounce back year. I'll talk myself into it as the NFL season goes on. I'm going to have them. I know I'm going to have them high. I'm trying to not let that happen because this is their car and the Saints. This is just like, it's really just testing me over here in my analysis game. But I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like, wasn't the Raiders team just as talented, if not more talented last year. Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs in the backfield, Devontae Adams. I mean, just skill possession-wise, they're better. Mm-hmm. McDaniels, Dennis Allen, what would you say, Wash? Yeah, Defense, probably. defense, I mean, I don't even know. I think the Raiders have more players on defense. Um, But still, like, why would this be any different? Yeah. No, that's fair. That is, that is fair to look at. I think Derek Carr... He kind of needs that moment that, um, like how we talked about Kirk Cousins for the longest time, right? Like Kirk Cousins needed that. He really needed that moment in the playoffs. Derek Carr kind of needs that. Derek Carr needs to make the playoffs, win a playoff game to really get us to start taking him seriously again. And I think that's, that I think is the biggest thing for me is I gotta, I gotta see, we have to see the production from Derek Carr, but We'll see what happens there. Um, Gino and Danny Dimes both getting mm-hmm. big deals as well. I forgot about Gino. He also got paid by Seattle. Um, Super paid, yeah. Now, will, will Seattle draft a quarterback? That's the other thing. is They, they might end up drafting a quarterback. But as of right now, Gino's the man. Um, I think that's well-deserved, honestly. I'm happy for him. I think he earned it. Well-earned there. The Danny Dimes one, though, I don't know about that one for the Giants. 
I don't know about either of those. I mean, like, you're paying Gino 50 mil a year to be, I mean, both of these guys in general, you're paying them this much money to be what? Top 10 borderline in the league? About, about that. Yeah. Like, like you know, like, it's not like you're not going to win a game because of Gino against the dudes that are making the same level of money. Like, you're telling me Gino's making the same amount of money as, um, all these other stud quarterbacks, if not more, and he's going to get completely outplayed by any elite quarterback. It makes no sense. And they're like, what are they going for? Then it's not like he's the missing piece to a championship right now. They have like literally nobody left on the roster. They overachieved like crazy last year. I thought this should just be a tear it down, get just draft a bunch of players, get a rookie contract quarterback, and just go from there. I feel I feel that way with both with Gino and Danny Dimes. And for Gino, I can understand it again. If you draft a quarterback, you get a guy, you get a placeholder there, you get to compete for a little bit, and then move it on to the new guy. The Giants one to me, I just thought, look, Daniel Jones is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. The dude had 15 touchdown passes the entire season. Like, dude was not great. He was not great. Like the Giants, they had a scrappy team, and then they get to the divisional round, and they get absolutely destroyed by Philly. Like, you know what I'm saying? They overachieved, like you said, but this dude got overpaid. And I knew that, like, his camp was going to, like, they were going to try and get a massive contract, and they did. I thought they were going to do it the other way around and give Danny Dimes the franchise tag and see what he can do with one more year and then give Saquon the bag. The fact that they did the opposite, I don't know, man, because Saquon gets tagged, and if he has a big year and he's a free agent next year, you know? No, like, either way, though, bro, I'm not, I'm never, pay, I'm never giving a running back the bag, like ever. I'm so out on that. We've seen how many injuries Saquon's gone through. He's had, this was his first good year in how many years? I'm never going to give Saquon the bag. I'm not giving him the bag. I would have franchised, I would have liked to both of them, honestly, see both of them play for next year because. Danny Dimes, I mean, I definitely would have want, not wanted to give him the bag either. I think both Seattle and the Giants are just – you're paying your quarterback an average quarterback this much money, you're just bound to be middle of the pack for years. Yeah, they agreed. I do agree with that. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, only time will tell for the Giants. But I, I can understand what you're saying about a running back, but – I feel like you get more impact from Saquon than you do with Danny Dimes. Like, I didn't see Danny Dimes really like, yes, there were maybe been some instances where he makes a big throw on a third down or, or he makes a big run and gets a play. Yeah, okay, you get that. But he hasn't had that moment of like, you know, down the field in a two-minute drill on the road to win you a game. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. I don't know about that, giving him the bag. I don't know if I would have done it. But I see your point about Saquon. Um, last, last thing for the NFL. You you think Rodgers actually pulls the trigger? You think he had, ends up requesting a trade and goes to New York? How much are you buying into this right now? I don't know, man. I haven't even thought about it. I'm so done with this dude. <laughs> like, I'm so done with him. I've, we've been talking about this shit for three years. Aaron Rodgers, if he goes to the Giants, he goes to the Giants. I mean, if he goes to the Jets, he goes to the Jets. I don't even think it's going to change the, all that crazy football in a football way. They'll still – like, the AFC East will still be – freaking nice like the Dolphins let's say to a place a full healthy year they're gonna be good we know what the Bills are Patriots will still be in a mix the Jets I mean like I could still see the Jets falling fourth in that division with Aaron Rodgers I could see them finishing first I don't think I mean I can't see them finishing first but I can see them finishing second I can't see Aaron Rodgers going there and taking down Mahomes taking down Burrow taking down Allen like it's not gonna change the landscape of the AFC to me I got to wait to see if it actually happens. If it happens, I'll have more stuff to say because like you said, I've heard it all of is Rogers in or is he out or, Oh, I got, I need time to think about my future. And it's like, like you said, like we, we've been, we've been hearing this for a minute now and it's like, okay, I think I've heard enough. You know what I'm saying? Like enough is enough. So I got to wait to see if anything. Just know if you go to New York, man, you're not getting no four day darkness like ever. So, Oh yeah. No, never that. Yeah. Yeah. he, he uh, just his personality in New York alone is just gonna be weird. Yeah, exactly. All right, forget this nonsense. Let's move over to let's move over to Champ Week, man. 
Um, some let's give let's give some of the some of the small conferences some love real quick for the teams that have made it to the NCAA tournament. We got from the Atlantic Sun, Kennesaw State. There's always one school, even more, and we talked about this last year that I've never heard in my life. Last year it was Longwood. Never heard of that school in my life. This year it's Kennesaw State. B, have you ever heard of Kennesaw State? Nope. Not in my life. But they're the winners of the Atlantic Sun, and they're going dancing. So we'll find out about them next week. Big South champions, UNC Asheville, making their first tournament appearance since 2018. Drake won the Missouri Valley. They were in it two years ago. Drake's kind of nice. I wouldn't sleep on them. They're kind of nice. Um, Farley Dickinson out of the Northeast. Southeast Missouri State out of the Ohio Valley. That's another school never heard in my life. Here's a big one out of the SoCon. The Furman Paladins making their first NCAA tournament appearance since 1980. They should have had it last year, and they lost the Chattanooga at the buzzer in the in the championship game. Jeez. I got to tell you, B, I don't know much about this Furman squad, but I watched a little bit yesterday. If they get a 13-14 seed, I could see them causing some havoc. I'll say it now. I could be wrong. Okay. They, they could get blown up by 30 next week. Like any, anything could happen, but I'm just saying – I would not be surprised if they went out there and they won a game, if they got the right matchup. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they get blown up by 30. And then out of the Sun Belt, Louisiana University. Those are the mm-hmm. teams that have punched yep. their ticket thus far to the to the big dance. But most of these teams, will they actually do some damage? That's the other question. Um, but let's get to the big boys now. Um, let's, start, let's start in the ACC tourney. Um, currently we had Boston College and Georgia Tech win earlier today. Notre Dame, Virginia Tech in a close one right now with six minutes remaining. Irish up by five. Um, B, what are you looking for in the ACC tournament other than your Tar Heels? I was about to say, you already know what the this, – that's honestly, like, I can't even say that's the main storyline in this um, is the Tar Heels. They lo- it kind of is. Lose, it actually is. They lose to Duke. Um, Hold on. First of all, let's start there because they lose to Duke and Duke is like – celebrating oh like we swept um carolina we might have bounced them to the nits stop it we ended you last year i don't want to hear duke ever say anything ever again but um yeah no i think carolina's got to win some people are saying four games some people are saying three games i don't know man i think i don't know i think they could survive i mean if they beat virginia again i think that could just be it 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 really could it really could. Um, you know, Cormac Ryan's heating up for the Irish right now. But um, I think, okay, first of all, I got to go back to the Duke point. They can't talk shit. L- like last year, I get they sweep the Carolina this year, and I get it, those are two big wins. But like, Notre- or North Carolina still beat you in the Final Four. So I don't want to hear nothing about Duke anymore, man. I-, I really don't. But I will say, I got to give John Shire a lot of credit for year one, for him to... For him to come in year one, win both games against Carolina, unbeaten at home, I got to give John Shire some love. He's done a heck of a job with Duke right now, but this totally is about Carolina. I'm totally in agreement with you. This is big time. They got to do some damage here to really increase their chances of getting in the tournament because right now they're on the bubble. They're too good to, to, to miss the tournament. So we'll see what happens, but I think they got to cause some damage here first. Yeah, so, I mean, the North Carolina draw, they play the winner of Boston College, Louisville, should take care of business. They would play Virginia, who they've already beat. Um, and then a Clemson or NC State, like, neither of those teams, I mean, NC State beat them, but that game was was there. They definitely could have done that. The problem with Carolina is we saw it last year. Remember when we were talking last year and some people had Caleb Love going in, like, the first in the lottery pick mm-hmm. as a lottery pick, and it was like, bro, trust me. Caleb Love is just hot right now. And you saw some of the shots he was hitting last tournament. They were just so ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb Love is the streakiest player out you'll ever see. Like, the streakiest player you'll ever see. And then the one game I was like, yo, you see the really good version of Caleb Love? You see the really bad version of Caleb Love? There's no in between. This whole season, he's been terrible. And all those shots he was making last March, he's shooting these exact same shots. Just none of them are falling in. So... That's what it is. They've not changed their game plan. Brady Manick was so big for them last year. Um, he's not there. Caleb Love's just missing everything. But, hey, maybe they did it once. They think they can do it again. I don't know, man. They're just playing like absolute trash. No heart, nothing. Yeah, they they really got to pick it up, man. It's And I think we're going to find out a lot about them in this tournament. 
I really do think their potential, yes, they should be able to be Boston College with ease tomorrow night. Then they would play Virginia. I think Virginia is good. I don't think they're great. I no. think North Carolina most definitely has a chance has a shot. Yeah. to win that game. Carolina, I don't know what it is about them this year. They have all the pieces that were there last year for the exception of Brady Manic. And I think it's obviously, like you said, it's showing how big Brady Manic was last year. And we, we were talking about it last year during the tournament of how big Brady Manic was for that squad. Um, he was their most important player. Yeah, yeah, he was huge. He was huge. Yeah, you were saying that all tournament long. But like I said, I don't think Virginia is that good. Like I, I think they should be able to take care of business there and then at least get to the semis. They do that, I think they're in the tournament. That's it. If they do anything more, that's just gravy on top of that. Mm-hmm. But I think if they, as long as they are able to get to the semis, I think that should be enough for Carolina to end up getting in to the NCAA tournament. But it, like I said, I just don't know what it is that's missing from this team. Like they're just not playing the same basketball that they did a year ago. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I'm with you. I think that's easily the most intriguing part of this. Cause I think people, people been talking about for the last few weeks of Carolina's teetering on the bubble. Well, all eyes are kind of on them right now in Greensboro this week and, and tomorrow night, surely. So we'll see what happens there. But I think honestly, I think my, my, my pick in this tournament I'm actually going to go with the Miami Hurricanes. I'm 100% with you. I, I think this squad, I haven't really watched a ton, so I can't make a proper um, like proper analysis on the squad right now, but I know that they've been arguably the top team in the ACC all year. Yep. I know a lot of people talk about, there are some coaches that not everyone talks about, and I think there are two coaches in the ACC that nobody really talks, and I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about for the last like 10 years, 10 years plus. Because everyone talks about Coach K. Everybody talks about Roy Williams. Even Tony Bennett gets more love. Then you got Jim Beheim. Nobody really talks about Mike Bray in Notre Dame. And nobody hardly talks about Jim Laranaga in Miami. This dude, Miami, has been on some runs over the last few years. Just no one really puts, like, Miami's, when they get in the tournament, they make some noise most times than not. They play tough. They play fast. They play physical. Like, this is a team that dominated an Auburn team that you and I both had going deep into the tournament. They slaughtered them in the second round. This year, you look at the ACC, all year long, there hasn't really been a favorite. There hasn't really been a top team in the ACC. Miami's been that team, and I think I think they're going to end up coming away with it, um, coming away with the, with the championship this year. They're just so freaking explosive. They're so fun to watch. Um Outside of that, though, I think Duke, I mean, pains me to say, I think Duke could definitely make a run. They're hot right now. They could win this whole thing. They're playing with so much confidence. And then even Pitt. I think Pitt Pitt was right there with Miami as a top two ACC team for me most of the year. And then um, they kind of just slid up towards the end. But that Duke-Pitt matchup, I mean, teams kind of going in opposite directions. So, I, I mean, Duke would be the team. But, like, Pitt, I mean, if they channel some of what was happening earlier on in the year, they could definitely win this whole thing. So, I mean, all three teams are kind of on the upper side of the bracket, but that's how it goes, man. I think those three teams could – either of those three teams could win it all. I don't really see anybody else bugging it. Duke-Pitt would be a fun matchup on Thursday afternoon, knowing especially for Duke fans, having a little coaching matchup from Coach K's coaching tree. You got Jeff Capel going toe-to-toe with John Shire. I think that's a, that's a, that'd be a fun little coaching matchup there. But Pitt, Pitt's been a team where I, I got to at least acknowledge this first. I, this, they're finally a little bit relevant again. And I think that's the, think the most important thing because since Jeff Capel took over there, they've been in dead last for the last like two seasons. It really took some time to rebuild this program. Now Pitt's relevant. They're a good team, but they're still very young. I don't know if they get past Duke if they play them um, on Thursday. Like I, like you said, Duke is red hot. They end up playing Miami in the semifinals. That'd be a heck of a game. Heck of a game. Miami destroyed them a few weeks back um, when they played each other. So I think this will be a much different game because Duke is a much better team and a much stronger team this time around than the last time they played. So I'm with you. I think I think the, 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 the top two teams going into this tournament got to be Miami and Duke in the ACC right now. But obviously if they play... It'd be in the semis 
not the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so see there. I'm not sold on Clemson. I haven't really nope. watched them much, but I don't think they're that good. I don't even know if they're going to make the tournament, honestly. Pitt, like I said, they're a young team. They're a good team. I think they deserve to make the tournament, but I can't see them making much noise. Virginia, we just talked about. I could honestly see Carolina, if these guys just get their shit together when they get hot, they could end up be playing Saturday night for the ACC championship. Don't do me like this. Don't they make could. me talk. Dude, I've been talking myself into this bummy team all year. Like, show me it and I'll ride the wave when you show. Exactly. They got to show yeah, it. They got to show it. I can't be making up this stuff in my mind and then just. No, I, I I know what you're saying. And like, it very well could end. Like, they could end up going out in a dud tomorrow night against Boston College. Like, it could go either way with the squad. But, but yeah, no, I, I, I like Miami. I like Miami, and and I'll make my prediction here. I'll say, um, who who would Clemson play? It'd be the sixty because I I can't pick any of these squads of who who would end up making the, the final. Like I'd say Miami Duke, but they'd play in the semifinals. So I, we'll see. Just I'm say the champion. Making, I'm I'm saying Miami. This is the champion. champion. I'm gonna take Miami. Yeah, I'm taking Miami as the champ as well. All right, all right. next. All right, next one. Let's move on here. Big Twelve. Big Twelve. This has been. A stacked, yep. a loaded conference all year long. Like there is out of For like multiple the, years now. Yeah, out of the ten teams here, like almost every single team is is good. So this is like <laughs> this. This should be interesting. Um, we're going into the Big Twelve here. I think you and I talked about it last week. I know Kansas is the favorite. We know that the defending champions, whatever, whatever. Texas, I think you and I feel the same way. Good team, but we're not necessarily sold on them. But we both love Baylor and Kansas State as a potential dark horse in the NCAA tournament, but definite threats in the Big 12 tournament. Dude, every single team here can do this. So this West Virginia-Texas Tech game is going to be nuts. Oklahoma State-Oklahoma is always a banger. Iowa State just beat Baylor. Beat Baylor with ease, bro. Like, they didn't just beat them. Yeah, they they handled them. Um Kansas, I think, in my opinion, right now, if I had to pick, is winning the whole, the whole national title. I think, I think they're that good. Texas is Texas, and then Kansas State, TCU, two dark horse teams that have just been so good all year. They're playing each other in the first round of this stuff. I mean, give me a break. That is like that game on um, Thursday. Shoot, Kansas State, TCU. That is actually must watch. Straight up must watch. I can't wait for that game. Yeah, that should be a wicked game for sure. And I, th- I think when you look at the Big Twelve, like I said, I- I'm with you. You said you said Baylor, Baylor championship contender in the NCAA tournament. You're saying? No, I don't think so. I think all of these teams, I think almost every single team that's already booked into the quarterfinals has elite eight potential. True. Yeah, true. And I, I, think, I agree with that. I, agree I with think that. Kansas right now, if I had to pick, is my favorite for the whole thing. National championship again. You think they go back? You think they go back to back? I think. I think a hundred percent. I think right now they are my favorite. We haven't seen a back to back uh back a repeat champ since like since that Florida for days. Yeah, man, since Florida. Um, to me, it's either Kansas or I think UCLA. If right now I had to pick, true. Yeah, UCLA. We'll get to UCLA. I, I agree. That team. That team's due for a run to get back. I know we said that a year ago. And then they lost in the Sweet 16. I think that that team is due. And I think UCLA ends up being a one seed come Sunday. Yeah, I do. That's what I was I, telling you. I was telling I really, you. That. Yeah, I really do. I think they're going to steal either Purdue or Alabama. Yeah, Purdue. They're stealing Purdue. So yeah, and, and one, of the, one of those two ends up sliding down. So the one. But Big 12, yeah, I got to go. I got to take Kansas as well. I got to take Kansas over Baylor in, in, the big, in, the, in the Big 12. Baylor's good, man. Baylor's really good. They don't even, they wouldn't play each other, though. They're on the same side. Oh, they wouldn't. Oh, snap. Well, I haven't yeah, seen, yeah. I haven't so seen it's, brackets. So it's um, the other side is the Texas, Kansas State, TCU. I would hit – I think I'd hit Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas, K-State. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, But Baylor, Iowa State, I mean, shoot. If Iowa State beats Baylor again, then I don't know what to feel. Yeah, facts. Baylor's so physical, man. Like, you could just – you can never count them out. And he's giving, TCU is another team. Like they could, they could be scary, scary too. Um, so that'll be interesting, interesting in that one. Um, let's head down to the Big East. And this, this Virginia Tech Notre Dame game coming down to the wire. We got 150 left. We got a one point game. That's a close one. Um, to the Big East, we talked about it last week. 
like it's wide open again. Wide open again. I do not think Marquette wins the whole thing in the Big East. I don't. Um, I might actually give myself either Providence or Xavier that ends up winning this thing. So Marquette, I was watching them on Saturday. They slapped up Sam. No surprise. Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't walk away from that game feeling any different. <laughs> Providence, however, you know I love me some Providence too, right? Mm-hmm. They were playing Seton Hall without Seton Hall's two best players, and they got spanked by like 30. So I'm like, I'm so, so taken aback by Providence now. I can't even have them. I'm here, and right now I'm feeling Creighton. I think Creighton wins this whole thing. Creighton, Marquette, Finals. Creighton's an underrated squad. Underrated squad. They're ranked 24th in the country. Again, haven't watched much of them either. But it's funny. When you look at the Big East, B, the one common theme I see here is really good coaches that are underachieving in the NCAA tournament. I see Shaka Smart. I see Sean Miller, who everybody has suddenly forgotten ever since he lost uh, left Arizona because of the scandal situation. Danny Hurley. Um, oh, I forgot Creighton's coach's name, but, uh, McDermott and then, um, Ed Cooley, Providence, all of those coaches are very good coaches, but when it comes to winning championships and winning, you know what I'm saying? They've underachieved. That's the one thing I look at when I look at the big East. So who is going to take, who's going to end up taking Villanova spot? Cause we talk about Villanova and Jay Wright. That's the coach that would win championships. Nobody else here, like, that's why I can't take Marquette seriously. I cannot take UConn seriously for the absolute life of me. So I'm with you. If I think if I had to look at one, like, Creighton would be, like, the obvious pick here. But my gut kind of tells me Providence. I think, I think if there's a year, like, a team that's kind of under the radar that ends up winning the Big East, I'll take Providence. I feel like Cooley's definitely due for one of those, too. Um just like Creighton, Creighton, um, their big Cal Cabraner, whatever his name is. Uh, you just want Depoy again. I, I don't think there's anybody that can match up with him. I mean, Marquette's physical on D. We know Marquette will do that. But then you have you, – you got the whole – boy, not hard over there. You got um, – what's that kid's name that – they got this other kid. I swear he leads the league in three-point percentage on Creighton as well. So – they got guards, and then they got their over there, um, Cal Cabrander, who's just like going to win Depoy. The offense is getting something like that. Creighton, I think it's a matchup nightmare for some of these teams. Yeah. Oh, fact. You got five or six teams that are that are that good, right? And it'll be interesting to see who ends up kind of pulling that out. But like I said, it's which coach is finally going to win a title and win a Big East title because all of those coaches have not done it in so long. So it'll be interesting to see which one kind of ends up getting it done. But I'm with you. That's why I kind of picked Providence. I think Ed Cooley, Ed Cooley's kind of due. But Creighton's not a bad one too because Creighton's always been in the mix and they've never really been able to finish it mm-hmm. off either. So I can see one of those teams end up end up getting it no, done. No, Jay Wright, man. This shit is wide open. Weird, going to be super weird, and who knows what if Villanova ends up ends up coming back and and making make, making the Big East championship? Who knows, man? Villanova's kind of getting hot right now. Um, let's go Big Ten, Big Ten, and then SEC to round this thing out. Big Ten, Big Ten's going to be insane because you have Purdue, Indiana, Michigan State, Northwestern, Illinois, Michigan, Rutgers, Maryland. The amount of tournament teams in this conference is endless. This tournament is going to be absolutely wild right now. All right, here I'm taking Indiana to win this whole thing right now. I think I like it, and I'm also I think I'm also going to put a couple bucks on Indiana to win the whole tournament. Um, wow, their odds are their odds are super crazy right now. So I think it's worth a couple bucks um, to win the whole tournament. Um, they've beaten Purdue twice already this year. They know the game plan against Purdue. They're not scared of Purdue. They got Purdue's number. I don't see any other team in this conference that can match up with Jackson Davis. Um, I just they got Purdue's number. That's the only team that's even better than better than them that you would say. But they have the number, so I'm not even worried. I just don't know if they could beat 
Purdue three times. That's the other thing. Like, it's hard to beat a team twice, let alone three times. That's the only thing where I'm like, I think if Purdue played Indiana in the championship, I think Purdue might have the chance there because it's hard to beat a team three times. You've seen them twice now and you've lost. Now you got to get them a third time. But it's when I think it's hard to beat a team twice. Once you beat them twice, the third one's the easiest. You have, especially the way they did it, they did it in Purdue. True. Zach Ide had 35 and 15, something like that. So their best player went off. Jackson Davis did nothing, like statistically. It was like a Hood Shafinko game. Um, he's the one that went off. So you have Indiana's best player that didn't really play well, Purdue's best player that played amazing in Purdue. Come on, that shit levels up. I think Indiana. The, Indiana's going to win this thing. Nah, I'm not even sweating that. I'm not even sweating. Put them in a rematch, Indiana-Purdue. That's my pick. Indiana wins a thing. And I'm telling you, I think Indiana has – Hood is going to be – Hood Shafinko, I think, has the potential to be last year's version of Caleb Love in this tournament. That's why I think Oof. I'm going to put a couple dollars on Indiana to win the whole thing. Sheesh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Purdue over Indiana. Just again, like I said, I just think it's it's really hard to beat a team three times. But I really I'm I'm a hundred and ten percent with you on Indiana making a run in the NCAA tournament. I've been thinking that for a while. I've been saying that for a while. I really, really like Indiana this season. They're a really good team. Jackson Davis is good. Dude, you just said is good. I think Mike Woodson's done a terrific job in year two with Indiana. Really like it's it's different when you see a guy come from NBA to NCAA, you're not really sure what to make out of it. He's done an absolutely fantastic job with this team. I really like Indiana to make a run come March Madness next week. I really do. All right, SEC tournament. Let's get this going right now. Alabama's your one. I mean, outside of them, you got Kentucky in there. Texas A&M's pretty good, man. They knocked Texas off A&M Alabama. Texas A&M just beat Alabama, yeah. Yeah, Texas A&M, I got to say, I was really impressed. That was the first time watching that squad on Saturday. They look really good. I think they got some potential to do some damage in the tournament as well. It's got Bama, A&M, Kentucky. You could throw them in the mix as well. Mizzou's kind of come out of nowhere. Tennessee, uh, I think you and I feel the same way about Tennessee. Not really sold on them. Um, and that, Arkansas, that's kind of in the Ar- No, 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 no. Arkansas might have three NBA players on that team. Um, like it hasn't really clicked yet, but like I don't think you can ever count out a team that's gonna have three dudes going to the league over there. And Kentucky just beat them, and that's because Reeves went absolutely nuts. But Arkansas, like I think to me, watching that Alabama Texas A and M game, I'm like, Alabama's good. Texas A and M can beat them. Yeah, that's cool. Um, watching that Auburn Kentucky game, Kentucky beat. I'm sorry, Kentucky beat Arkansas, but Arkansas, I'm like, yo, Arkansas could have totally hung on that. They totally could have won that game. So I think you can't count them out, and I think anybody can really beat anybody here. I don't think – I think Alabama and Texas A&M are cut above the rest, but for the most part, it's pretty wide open. That's a big game on Thursday, Auburn versus Arkansas, because Auburn – bro, that team – that team, same thing as – Arkansas is really good. I, I'll agree with you with that. But Auburn, Auburn, I just can't get behind, man. I cannot get behind that squad. They have a lot of talent. But every time I've watched that team this year, my head just spins. Like, I just, I cannot get around that. Like, they cannot score. They try shooting the three, and it just doesn't work. They're scoring, like, 40, 50 a game. I just, I cannot get my head wrapped around Auburn. Arkansas is a good squad, though. But Arkansas, are they going to make the tournament? Like, that's my thing. Like, they're not even... I don't even think they're on the bubble right now. They're even like beyond that. Arkansas has got to do some real damage in this tournament to get there. Auburn is kind of tilted on the bubble, if you will. They're kind of still there on the bubble a little bit. They need this win. If they lose this game, Auburn could be in some trouble, man, especially with Missouri as well. Vanderbilt's been kind of scary at times this year. My boy Jerry Stackhouse doing some damage there. Um, so that's another one too, but... I haven't really seen Vandy in the mix either. Yeah, no, I feel the way you feel about Auburn, I feel about Tennessee. I don't think they're that crazy. Um, to me, Kentucky, the way Reeves is playing, the way Sheboy's playing, um, it's all on Reeves in my opinion. Sheboy's their best player, but if Reeves can ball out and start scoring the way he is right now, 
that's all you need. You need a guard to get hot in March, and then you can start rolling. Yeah, exactly. Notre Dame just lost at the buzzer. Virginia Tech. Bray is done at Notre Dame. His tenure is over. Oh, that's a tough, tough, brutal way to end that for, for Notre Dame. Virginia Tech moves on in the ACC tournament. That is tough, 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 tough blow for the Irish again. Um, and a tough way to end a, a very great career for Mike Bray at Notre Dame, the winningest coach for the Irish. Um, going back to Kentucky, um, they're due for a run. I said it last week, man. NCAA tournament, SEC tournament, they're due. Calipari's due. I said it all last week, and I'm going to say it again next week. It'll be interesting to see where they land, but... Kentucky's due for a run, man. I think you and I feel the same way about Tennessee. Um, we, we ain't really sold on on the volunteers, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I like AM. I like Kentucky. Bama, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know about them being a Final Four team, but I could see them being Sweet 16 or Elite 8 team. But I got to see where they land to kind of push myself to say Elite 8. But I don't think they're a Final Four team. They're a really good team, though. I think Bama wins this whole thing. Um, whether it's against Kentucky or AM, I like the AM matchup, but I think they'll get their revenge. Um, but we talk about the off court issues with Alabama. I mean, especially Brandon Miller. Like, put that aside because that dude is freaking cold, man. I think they have him right now going number three overall. Uh, he's the only college player in the top five. So that's kind of one of my points of March is like, yo, the draft stock and everything. But he's the only college player that's mm. mocked in the top five. But He's basically Jabari Smith with handle, I feel like. Brandon, um, Brandon Miller? Yeah. Yeah, no, Br- Brandon Miller's got game. Him and uh, Quinterly are, are, are good for Alabama. And Quinterly's their sixth man, too. So, like, they got that other kid, um, the lefty. Um, I forgot his name. Shoot. But either way, uh, I, like, I, like, I like them. And I think they just missed a bunch of shots against A&M. So, I think they play them again. They win in that. Yeah, I agree. I think this might be um A and M Kentucky would be a wicked game as well. Um I got yeah, I got be, yeah. I got I got Bama over Kentucky SEC tournament there. Um all right, let's wrap this thing up. B any any final thoughts? And one more thing for the SEC, I gotta shout out my guy Jerry Stackhouse at Vandy. That's another guy who's taken over a program. They've been at the bottom for the last few years. Vandy's had some nice wins this year. I don't think they're a attorney team quite yet. But they're getting there, man. They're getting there. I got to shout them out. Vandy's looked a lot better, and they're trending in the right direction. But um, final thoughts, B? It's just the greatest time of the year, man. All week, we got conference tournaments all afternoon, all evening, man. I mean, no other reason not to work. Another reason not to work, you know? Facts. Oh, exactly. Should be a lot of fun, man. Looking forward to it. And we'll see what happens on Sunday during Selection Sunday before the NCAA tournament. Cannot wait to see how that unfolds. Cannot wait to see how the conference tournaments unfold. So with that, we will see you all next week. And of course, don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And we will see you all next week on one of my favorite episodes, Baller Island Bracketology. We're going to break down the field of 68 next week on Baller Island. Take it easy and we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked and stay tuned. We got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.